Hello, everybody, and welcome. And this is the Midnight McBride Show, show number 14. And I've called this show Sandy the Man Holt. And welcome onto the show, Sandy. Patrick, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for inviting me in. Wonderful. I was so pleased when you accepted to do this. I, I've had a number of guests on here, but I wanted... I'd watched a number of videos of you. I've known of you for many years. And the show's called Sandy the Man Holt because if you live in Bolton, unless you're blind, dumb and deaf, you can't not know who you are. And even when you arrived here today, I thought, what, when you pulled up, I thought, I'll know it's you because I'd seen your car at Asda. And um, it's plastered. It's got flags on, everything else. It's like a travelling circus, isn't it? You pull up and... <laughs> so, yeah, an absolute pleasure to have you on the show, Sandy. Brilliant. And yeah. Sandy the Man Holt because... In Bolton uh, and in the Northwest, and even on the European stage from your fighting career, uh, you're a very well known man and very well liked as well in Bolton, you know. Well, that <laughs> I'm very humble, thank you very much. That's a big, um, it's a big statement. I hope I can back all that up, um, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's good to be on the other side actually because um, I've, I've done nice, stuff like it? this myself and it's uh, it's nice to be on the other side. I love if I'm a guest on something, I love it because. I can rock up, relax, and it's all taken care of. When I'm doing this this side of it, especially when I'm doing the technical side as well, so I'm, I'm managing that. I don't have a crew, so I'm doing this and um, sort of doing the interview and other things. Yeah, it's a bit of, bit of work involved, a bit of planning and stuff like that. So I wanted to get you on the show, Sandy, because there's a lot of things that I think we have in common. And I think one of the big things is that martial arts, a lot of people assume that it's only the physical aspect. And I'm all about the mind. I've written about the mind. I learn to meditate. I teach meditation. I spend lots of times on Buddhist retreats. And for me, I say to everybody, the quote in the book from Midnight McBride, mind first, bum second, right? And it means that you need to get this working right first. Also, I talk to people about the fact that lots of professional sports people that I know, including ultra runners, when they do a sport... If they're tense, if they're stressed, I set off doing the Ironman a few years ago and there was a guy set off with me and this guy was far fitter than me, but he was stressed, you know, highly stressed, nervous, and he was burning a lot of adrenaline. And before he got in the water, he got cramp and he didn't, he didn't even get out of the water. And I was so, so unhappy for him. You know, I was, uh, really felt for him and he was so fit and he trained so hard, but on the day, his head wasn't in that right space. It counts. Yeah. So I wanted to get you on the show because I wanted to talk about your career, your life, because it's fascinating. I've done some research and um, the internet is plastered with your pictures and there's a plethora of stories, you know, and, and posts about you and things. And you've done quite a lot of television. But then also I wanted to talk to you about the mind and some recent events to do with lockdown, coping with COVID-19, and that we both are aware that somebody's passed recently, you know, suicides as well the effects and consequence of loneliness and separation so sandy you're a bolton lad initially yeah absolutely bolton born and bred strong in the arm thick in the head that's, what I, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the pause that i tend to do <laughs> yeah so you're a bolton lad sandy and i met you on a number of occasions i probably remember the when i met you more than you do uh, i'm probably a bit younger than you and also where I'd met you, I think I met you in J2 and things J2, like that. Yeah, I remember and, that. Yeah. And I do talk about, in my past, and I'm not ashamed of it now, and I talk openly about it, but I've had a turbulent ride to this point, you know, and I didn't cope very well with the things life threw at me, and I turned to drugs for a long time. 
but then I found other things, including sport and meditation, and I sort of pulled myself around. But so when I met you in J two, I might my memory might be a bit foggy anyway, you know, when I was partying. But they were good times, a great club, wasn't it? Yeah. And you also know Paul, Paul Smith, who has Northwest Warriors as well, who's a relative of mine, my cousin as well. So so we crossed paths a few times. And Brendan Roberts, who's doing a show with me shortly he's i think he flies back on the 8th of july and then we're going to do a show together he's going to come on just like you and we're going to have a chat about his journey including pathos and also being an internationally renowned tattooist now you know quite That's a right. famous tattooist yeah, yeah yeah you actually you do a podcast don't you sandy that's right um i set it up about two maybe three years ago um i'm in, inspired as i'm probably like yourself i'm inspired by yeah. a lot of people um, I know, you know, to, to be, I'm sure you must get it. People say, you know, you're an, you're an inspiring man. You inspire people. And I, I'm a great believer of there's leaders and there's followers. And we're, yeah. we're both. You're a leader and a follower, same as myself. Mm. Um, and I used to watch a few of Joe Rogan's podcasts. Yeah, very I good. I think it's probably one of the biggest podcasts in the world, especially in the martial arts and the fight. Absolutely. Game. I think it is. He's, you know, he's just moved to Spotify for 100 million, don't you? No. Well, do now. <laughs> yeah. what he did a year ago, Joe Rogan, all his shows were live. And then he started having a few issues with YouTube and they were censoring. They didn't like some of the content because it's a very open chat, isn't it? Yes. Which I like, yeah. honest and open. Yeah. And so a year ago, he stopped recording them. Uh, he recorded the shows, but they weren't put out live so they could edit and they had to censor some bits. And at that point, I think he'd already made the decision that he was going to move. There was negotiations going on for 12 months and they just struck the deal now and he's going to take all his YouTube content off YouTube. And I think in September, it all goes on Spotify and he's then recording the shows just for Spotify and he got 100 million lumps on. Wow. Yeah, so he's moving. So podcasts, eventually, a big business, you know. Oh, they can be, can't they? You know? yeah. When yeah. I first, um, you know, in my naivety of sort of social media and things prior to all this, when I first heard of like the, the word uh, blog, and I thought, what's a blog? And yeah. you know, you don't want to ask the question. You know, when you're sort of, you know, I'm talking ten years ago, and it's you know, it sort of was basically it was move, wasn't it, from newspapers into the social media. Yeah. And and I thought this, and but I couldn't ask anyone. I thought I'm going to be an idiot asking this. You know, <laughs> and saying what's yeah. a blog? You know, and people saying, oh, it's it's where these people, you know, like edit um, these guys have come along and you know they write about people but they do it on the internet and i'm like all yeah. oh, right how does that work and i could never get my head around it at the start but obviously over the last decade and with social media moving at such a massive speed um things have picked up and then from blogging you've got vlogging and that's another yeah. word that sort of gets the video right blog there. video yeah. Yeah. yeah and then podcast and that yeah. was the first taster of really what podcasting was now i've done commentating for fights for like over three decades yeah so in essence i've been doing it on a on a, a similar type of thing yeah. um, where I've done it in studio. I've done it live. I've been around the world doing it. I've been very fortunate, very blessed. Um, and so in essence, you have talked about people to people with people. Yeah. And I love people. I love communicating. Yeah. Um, and which goes, jumps back to that two words I said, leaders and followers. And I'm inspired by so many people. And obviously the podcasting was something that, that I thought I could possibly do. So I've just had a bit of a taste. I've not done it on a, yeah. on a big level. I I was aware of podcasts, but it's when the, when I started to watch a few of the video podcasts, that's when I started to get a bit excited about it. I thought, I, I want to get involved with this. And I've done now 85 radio shows. And the first 70 shows, apart from the last few because of circumstance uh, with what's been going on, have all been chat shows like this. I always have a guest on. And I've loved it. 
absolutely loved it. I found something I love to do. Um, I can express myself. It's like therapy for me. I benefit. It's not just for the guests to share their story. I have a chat. I come out and I feel like I've connected with somebody and I love meeting interesting people. Somebody that excites my brain, you know. So, yeah, I'm very fortunate, you know, to do to do that. Yeah, and you record them at Bolton FM, is that right? Were yeah, you? it's a little community yeah. radio station in Bolton. <clears throat> Excuse me, and... Um, a lot of people say, oh, you've got a radio show. It's not actually a radio show. Yeah. It is the podcast, but I do it from there. Um, yeah. And I've had some interesting characters on there. I've had some uh, pretty much like yourself. I mean, yeah. you know, just prior to this, we had a nice little chat. You showed me some of the content that you've done. Yeah. And like you, you've just said there before, you're interacting with people. You get to know that person from ground roots upwards. Mm-hmm. And obviously you've done your research too. So obviously you have to do a little bit of that. And you find really good things out about these people. And, and I'm one of, probably like yourself, I like to look for the good in people rather than, Always, there's yeah. too much bad in the world as it is. I'm not yeah. interested in the bad. Yeah. What I'm interested in is the good. Um, as you just said, again, you know, you, you, I came in today, I met you, you was very much, pretty much like, you know, I'm not ready yet and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, um, awesome. <clears throat> excuse me, but you know, you, you, you strike me as being an open book. Mm. You know, you've been very honest. This is me, Sandy, you just went bush and you just you know you said it just within a couple of sentences and explained who you was um and you know there's no judging from me and i i don't Mm. judge people i take people as they are who they are and from the moment i meet them and you know that what you just said you i forgot about that time as soon as you said we have met and i I do remember the actual i do remember the occasion because i don't drink i've never drank so i've got a very clear mind but you have to be reminded still yeah and i remember the time meeting your stairs in the vip that's That's it that's it i was i was a lot bigger then i was three and a half four stone heavier because you know i was uh, doing weights and things rather than ultra ultra running and sport but yeah I, i remember it very well and yeah each time i meet somebody i try and have as as far as possible a really diverse group of guests because originally I had um, shamans on and spiritual people and so on. But then I got a scriptwriter from the BBC and then recently I did a video podcast with a rapper, North Face. And I think it's really good to to meet new people, you know, and you've always got to stay open to new experience because that's how you grow, evolve, you know, as a human being. Yeah, and a quote from my book, Sandy, which is relevant to what you just said, is your past doesn't define you. It's just your journey on your way to this present moment. That's all it is. It's you move in this direction and you arrive. What happened before, it's 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 gone. It's done. So my past doesn't define me. I can't change it. But what I can do, I can start today. And each day, if I try to be a better person than I was yesterday, I'm that's the path to enlightenment. It's it's growing every day, isn't it? You know. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, like you said about, you know, I use a similar term and I just think your past is your past. But, you know, if you hadn't have had that, you wouldn't be where you was today. So very similar to what you've just said. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got a, people who know me, um, will, will, you know, I've got a lot of, I think I call them, well, somebody's quoted it the day, the, the Sandyisms, which they basically are from previous people who've used philosophy. I'm not a philosophist, but I, I do like philosophy mm. and I do, mm. I don't study it per se, but I, I like to have little snippets from things. I'm, I'm, yeah. really, I'm more of a snippet reader than a book reader. This this book, I'll be honest with you, will probably take me ages to read, um, but I will read it because I'm yeah. very curious now. Good. Um, <clears throat> so for me, I, I try and pick up little little tidbits of, of knowledge and use them and apply them. Yeah. And th- I, I that's where my quotes come from. Just from to achieve what you've achieved in your lifetime so far, you must have a degree of self-mastery. You must be about the mind because 
in order to achieve those things, you've got to have self-belief, you've got to have dedication, focus, concentration. You've got to be a pretty special kind of person. You know, a lot of people in life either don't have those ambitions or they never, they never, they're living in a, a bubble, they're living in fear and they're always frightened of what people think or what somebody might say and they never fulfill the potential. So life is all about fulfilling your potential. It's following your, what they call the, your dharma in Buddhism where you have this voice inside, this song, and you've got to let it out. You know, you've got to, you've got to be yourself. That's really important as well. And that can be bright colours. It can be... I, I <laughs> Years ago, I didn't wear bright colours and now... I, you'll see me in a brightly coloured T-shirt, brightly coloured socks. They never match every day. <laughs> and I love it. That colour, it, it's like a reflection of my internal world and how I feel. And when I wear bright colours, I feel good. You know, I'm assuming you have a similar philosophy on that. Well, Sunday. I think I think you possibly from probably tell just by the look of me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm quite surprised me. you only came with one Mohican today. I know sometimes you have three. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I'm down to one. I mean, that's that's only down to the lockdown. Trust me, that'll change this weekend uh, when the barber's yeah. open. <laughs> yeah, and and your car as well. It pulled up, and like I say, I was expecting like a uh huh, uh huh, like a you know, <laughs> you know, like a, a, a pressy horn. You've, well, I'll do that on the way out. You've, <laughs> oh, you've got yeah, one. Yeah, I've got one. All right, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> so, Sandy, we'll talk about your life now, and I know I was mistaken when we discussed we do the pre-show chat, and I said you had world titles, you had European titles and British titles, but you've excelled in your sport and you've done it over many decades. Most people have a, a little spurt. Boxers usually have a good decade at best, you know, or maybe even five or six years. You've been at the top of your game and certainly with commentating and teaching and setting up your own school and everything else, you've been a, a prevalent force in the martial arts and Mai Tai for 30 years, 40 years, I don't know. It's a long time. So tell us about your fight career, the early days, you know. Um and Master Skem was your teacher, is that right? That's correct, yeah. thank you, yeah. I first started in martial arts, actually, in 1974 uh, with the Bruce Lee boom. That's what yeah. got me into it. I think everybody did. Every, yeah. Um, you know, who doesn't know Bruce Lee even to this day? You know, the guy was a uh, an absolute prodigy. I, 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 you know, he changed the whole world. Yeah. One man can change yeah. the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's positive and negative people, isn't there? You know, I can mention just the two names, Bruce Lee and let's say um, Adolf Hitler. Yeah. You know, what do those two I'll, things sum up? Gandhi for me. You know, so you know, you know, you, this, yeah. this was saying to you about, you know, what, you know, you can personify anything with, with just the, a name, can't you? You know, yeah. or, a, or a title or a word which can make you feel good. And we'll touch on this. There's a, there's a word the beginning with an M, which I'm sure we'll lead into, um, MH. And I want to change the world in that, mm -hmm. in, with the wording of it. Yeah. Um, I just, <clears throat> mind health. Um, but anyway, jumping back to your question, sorry. Yeah. Um, I started martial arts in 1974 with a, a martial arts instructor who was a karate and jiu-jitsu guy called Jeff Whitehead. Right. And I used to pedal my little push bike at the tender age of, uh, I think I was 14 or something like that. And I used to go to Little Lever, which is where um, the, the martial arts school was. And it was in a bottle shed in a cricket ground. Right. And we had to move all the empty crates of bottles just to do a workout three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, for two hours, and I trained with this Jeff Whitehead. I got to a brown belt, um, and during the course of that, is this Mai Tai? Is no, this, this is karate and karate. This is pre. Right. That's a lot of people don't yeah. know. This is pre. Because um, karate boxing. and kung fu. I did kung fu. Very few people do kung fu now, but at the mm. time, because it's MMA, oh, it's massive. And, yeah. But uh, karate yeah, kung and kung fu. Because yeah. of Bruce Lee, boom! It just yeah. really was. The only thing you could get in this country was karate, jiu-jitsu, and judo. There was only three 
basic martial arts that you could actually do. Tai, sorry, in Taekwondo. Yeah. Um, there might have been a few other little derivatives from there because there there's a whole plethora of, of martial arts out there, as we know. Mm. Um, but they were the main core ones. So I started uh, with karate, which led me to Muay Thai, or Thai boxing as we know it as, and where I met Master Sken in 1977. And I did it just basically and purely martial arts for self-defense, keep fit. And the main thing was confidence because exactly. I was bullied Brilliant. at school for like three and a half years on a yeah. massive scale, horrendously. And I, I've it led experienced me to bullying. It's, 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 it's terrible. I'm still traumatized by it, you know, so... Sorry, bullying is enough. Yeah. So, okay, bullying is uh, is something that doesn't just go on in the playground. It goes on in the workforce. It can mm. go on in a family with siblings. It can mm. go on, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, on a night out. It can go out anywhere. Bullying is is a you know yeah. it's it, it's worldwide. You know, it's an yeah. epidemic. Um, it's how you deal with it, and it's what you yeah. do with it. And you know, I'm the probably the uh, well, the outcome has been very good for me. And I'm you mentioned before. I wouldn't be sat here now if it hadn't been for the fact I was bullied. Yeah. So I'm actually uh, the plus side of, of of what could have been a very negative outcome because another friend of mine who went to a different school actually at the same time killed himself yeah. when he was like 15 at school. And I was going through the same thing, but I managed to survive it. And I'm, I'm here to tell, talk about it. Um, and, you know, it basically led me into martial arts. Yeah. I, I think a beautiful thing with anybody's journey is when you have a bad experience. And I've, I've had people on my radio should talk to who've been abused when they were younger. And you say, well, how can you find the positive in that? But what they do is they manage to get through that via counselling and other things, and then they help somebody, help else. somebody so else. If you can have a bad experience and turn that negative into a positive, even if it's just helping somebody else who's had the experience and doesn't know what to do or can't cope, then that for me is, is it's, it's remarkable. That is, as a human being, that's one of the greatest things you can do. You know, when you have a negative experience, Flip it, you learn how to do it, the coping mechanisms and the techniques and what's involved and the mindset, and you share it. Absolutely. Beautiful. You know? And, you know, that's exactly, that epitomizes what, you know, what I'm, I've said before is lead and follow. Mm. We all do that. You know, I've, I've followed, you know, my instructors and teachers and positive people, and then I've learned from them. And then I tried then to take that and lead with it, yeah. which is what I'm doing. And I, I love being a teacher. I love being an instructor. Um, I've come from those humble beginnings just as a student um, got through the ranks um, eventually like I said I got into Thai boxing met Master Sken or Grandmaster Sken yeah. Kai Opadung from Thailand and I trained with him for 21 years He's, I still regard him as my teacher my master and I only refer to him as Master Sken master. or Sir I yeah. won't call him anything else um, you know people call him by just his first name um, for me, I, I, you know, I feel that's disrespectful but if you don't know him I, you, you would do you just got you know that your name's your name but yeah. for me he's Sir and I will always bow, and you know, I always, I yeah. will always make the gesture in Muay Thai or in Thailand. This basically, just to put your hands here and bow, it just means hello or it means goodbye. Yeah. Um, it's not a subservient yes, sir, master no. bowing down to someone. Sign of respect. Um, it's called respect. Yeah. But yeah, he was the gentleman who trained me. I had a seven-year fighting professional career. I'm just um, apologising for the. That's the butty van. Is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not my car then. Doing no, the no, no, no. <laughs> 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 playing with the, with the horn of my car. Um, yeah. yeah, so. I had a seven-year fighting career. And, um, probably it's not a, a massive career compared to some people these days because mm. going back then, there was very there was obviously a, a, a far less number of uh, combatants around. Yeah. Um, and we had to take what we got. So you I used a, to have You were a fights. pioneer, Sunday. That's what you were, a pioneer. You know, you were one of the first to 
pick up this sport, take it to another level, excel, and and leave the UK and fight in other countries. So you you know you're um, yeah a pioneer. This oh, thank you because a lot of these martial arts only came over from the east and w- sort of. The seed was planted and began, like you say, with Bruce Lee and stuff. They were only just evolving. Now, a lot of people do martial arts, but at the time you did it, there was very few. Yeah, it was yeah. A, quite a niche thing. And um, <clears throat> obviously got that secret side to it, which is what Bruce Lee opened the doors to it, didn't he, from the, you know, mm. from the east to the west. And um, yeah, so it was, you know, it was, a, it, was a, it was a great time. It was a, something that, well, obviously, you know, it shaped my life. Um, and to be able to, you know, compete was, for me, it was a, an outlet I'd rather have fought in the ring competitive where there were judges, there's referee, there is obviously safety involved, there's doctors, medics, etc. And you're fighting a, uh, another person man to man, which is what I wasn't allowed to do when I was at school, when I was fi- fighting or up against five, six, seven bullies on a daily basis, yeah. outnumbered, outgunned, and just totally beaten to a pulp, yeah. verbally and physically. Yeah, it's sad just hearing you talk years. about it now, because I can yeah, feel it, your pain. Yeah. Massive impact. Um, but I'm... I'm not bothered because no. now I am the person I am. It's what you said before. Mm. I'm actually almost grateful for it. What those guys did to me have shaped my life. And now I'm changing other people's lives. So yeah. I've got, as you said perfectly before, you know, somebody maybe who's had drugs, they've experienced it. They've mm. firsthand. It's not textbook. You, you know, you get a piece of paper, you read through the text. Yeah, you can learn, educate yourself. Of course, reading is very important as much as exercise for the mind. It's very yeah. important. But you've got to experience something. You've just got to put your foot in the water. And as you said earlier, you've got to put your hand up and volunteer or to say yeah. yes, or, you know, I, I, you know, I'm guilty or I was that person or I, I've done that yeah. and be able to talk about it. Yeah. And it's a, you know, mind health. I keep t- I'll keep saying that throughout the show um, is you cannot do anything physically at all without your mind. And I explain this to my students mm. and I said to people, I said, just to go to the bathroom, go to the toilet. I said, you're not using your private parts. And they said, well, of course we do. I said, no, you don't. I said, your mind tells you when you want to go to the bathroom. Yeah. I said, your legs only walk you to the bathroom because your yeah. mind tells you to. This is the it's operating massive. system. This controls Absolutely. everything. It's the computer. It's the mainframe. Yeah. Thank you. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, we're diverse. Um, yeah. So, yeah, basically, seven-year fighting career, 21 yeah. fights. I only lost two on points. Um, I was never knocked out. Um, I, the two fights that I lost, one I took on a five-day notice. I uh, fought against the Swedish champion. I gave away half a stone, which is a lot, which is like three and a half Massive, kilos. yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I went the distance with him. At the end of the fight, he thought I'd won. he came come up to me and said, I think you won. And I said, yeah. well, I'm in Sweden. I'm in your back garden. I don't know if I have won. And mm-hmm. um, he, he wouldn't never take a rematch. But, you know, I lost on points. I accepted the decision. Um, I but, think mentally... Failure, what's seen as failure, it's it's not necessarily failure, but learning where you used to winning and then you don't, that's quite a difficult thing to get your head around. It took me a long time. I I did a number of 50-mile races and then I did a couple of 100-mile races. And the second 100-mile race I ran last year, when I set off, I foolishly ran 50 miles six days before, and you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to let your body recover. And I ran through bog, and so my feet were all torn to shreds, and, you know, I wasn't in a great place. And I set off. I did the first 50 miles of the 100 race, but I didn't do the second 50. At 50 miles, I knew at that point I wasn't going to complete the 100, or if I did, there'd be a big price to pay for my health. So I pulled the plug, and I'd, any race I'd ever set out, I'd never done a race and not finished it. Ironman, number of 50s, 100, whatever, always finished. And it really, I had to dig deep to pick myself back up there and think, okay. And I had lots of reasons and I know why it happened. But the fact is, I didn't complete that race. And that was hard. 
you know, it's, I think you learn more from your, your losses, your defeats than you do from your victories. Perfect. I mean, that's, a, that's a, I mean, I'd like to, well, I know obviously you, you know, you, you brought me in here to talk about uh, things that I've done, but you know, I'd, I'd yeah. love to ask you a couple of questions about that in a, in a short while, because I've got so much admiration. I keep sure. saying this, anyone who does an Ironman to me, I just, you know, I think it's phenomenal. Mm. And then to do these ultras that you've done and you're yeah. doing, that's a, that's a different level and a different mindset again. And I'd, I'd love to touch into that because Excuse me, I'm all about the mind, as, as yeah. you've mentioned and, and we've talked about. Um, and it was the mind that got me through those fights. You know, um, I remember my first loss. I'd had, I think it was 11 straight wins. Yeah. And my 12th fight, basically, I made a, a big schoolboy error. Um, 11 straight wins. And the guy I fought, which is a gentleman called Jeff Bullock from Liverpool, and he came with a reputation. Uh, the reputation was that, well, first of all, at that time, he'd had uh, possibly triple the amount of fights that I had had. Yeah. Um, which wasn't an issue for me. I just thought, you know, once you get to a stage, you get to like 10 upwards, it's, you know, it's just how it is. Um, so I've, I heard about the fact that he was he was more experienced. Then I heard the fact that he hired a professional boxing trainer into his gym and he was training some more boxing. He was a black belt in jiu-jitsu. He was a black belt. Uh, he got a black belt in kickboxing. He was training Muay Thai under Master Toddy in Manchester. He's now got a professional boxer in, and he's had 30-plus fights. So in my head, I'm suddenly weighing these stats up, which I didn't need to because I've, I've got a saying is, you know. It's, Sometimes it's a, knowing less is better. Knowing less is better. Yeah. And I also uh, heard one of my fellow Thai boxing um, friends in the sport said to me, you're fighting him, are you mad? And I was mm. like, what do you mean? He said, oh, he's too experienced for you. No, that didn't do me any favors. No. I made two more scuba errors after this as well. <clears throat> One thing I never did on my fights, I ever took, um, if I was seeing somebody at the time, I um, would take a, any close family member into the fights. My mother never saw a fight, yeah. my dad, and my, I've got three brothers, or my girlfriend. I always say, leave the girlfriend and leave your family at home. No distractions. This is how my mindset was. I, I couldn't Very agree solid. with you more, yeah. And the second one was um, I had the longest sleep ever um, prior to my fight. And I actually, to this day, will always say I had too much sleep. I had 12 hours and I'd never get 12 hours sleep. Mm. So I went in there with about three or four negatives. And those are things for me what played to why I lost this fight. Now, I'm not, this is no excuses. Not some people say, oh, I had no. a cold. I didn't train. No, I trained. Yeah. I was, I was ready. I went in there, but what I did do was so I gave him Physically too much ready, but your mind not. Mine was right somewhere there. else. Yeah. So, yeah. A, my girlfriend's there. I let her in. She's yeah. been begging me to come to the fights for five or six fights, and I gave in. Number two, I got too much sleep. Number three, I've already given him too much respect. So, I went in there. Now, three rounds into the fight, and Master scared my teacher screaming at him, not screaming at him, he never did, but he he, he, yeah. he was just saying, you're not listening. You just, you're not in the game. Your head's not right. You know, just mm -hmm. do this, do that, and do the other. And that's the only good advice. You know, you always listen to your corner man or your, your head teacher. And I realized three rounds in <clears throat> to me that he hasn't really hurt me, that I'm not feeling anything. I wasn't even tired. I wasn't even out of breath after three rounds. And I'm basically counterfighting for three rounds. So I'm on my back foot. Yeah. You'll understand this is a yeah. fighter. Going into round four, I stepped up my game and round five, but it's too late. He'd already accumulated too many points. Yeah. I lost the fight on points, was but it, you know what? Was it a five-round fight? Five-round yeah. fight. That was the best fight I ever had in the what you've already said, prior. is that I learned more from that than I did from the previous 11 wins. Exactly.
Exactly. And then a big part after that is dusting yourself off and saying, okay, you learn from that and putting yourself back together again, isn't it? You know, because mentally you have a, I had a little dip afterwards, you know, where I thought, oh, I'm done with this running thing and all, all this kind of carry, you know, because I'd, I wasn't used to failure, you know. So you also, Master Skin did some movies, didn't he? Batman and things like that's that. Right. Is that right, it was right? in the first, I think it was either the first or the second Batman. Yes, yeah. it was. He did a fight um, scene in an alley and right, stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he fought Batman. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I remember because he went to LA to do the filming and it yeah. was like a whole week, but just like this small scene. And he was, Hollywood loved him and yeah. they wanted to sign him up. But this is true, it's a true story. He came back and said, I don't want to do it anymore. And I said, what, why is that? So, I don't, you know, he said, I don't want to do any more movies. He said, because it means me being away from my teaching, my training and my students. Yeah. Now, that, how yeah. good's that in a way, yeah. in essence? I mean, that yeah. guy could be a multimillionaire. That, but he, that chose his own, he chose the other yeah. path that he loved. Yeah. He had his priorities very clear, didn't he? Yes. You know, you also, when we discussed the podcast, the video podcast, and uh, Joe Rogan, you said you had a friend that had been on there a number of times. That's right. Yeah. Vinnie Shawman. And this yeah. is something again, what you'll, you know, you'll be uh, buzzing about. He's, is, he's a mind guy. He's a mind coach. Yeah. That's something this country we've not embraced. If you you think about, you go back one, two, three, four decades, you you see it on movies and, you know, cause we all, we follow the American way in some ways, don't we? A little bit in the UK. Um, and they, they used to say, oh, they've got a shrink. Yeah. You know, and we used to laugh at that, didn't we? You know, Americans, oh, they're, they're, they're crazy. They've got, I mean, you know. Sports psychologists and all this kind yeah, of thing. they've got psychologists. Yeah. They've got people helping them. And for us, we see that the British for years thought, saw that as a weakness. Yeah. But yet look at the, for example, just to talk sport for a minute, Americans are at the top of the game in pretty much everything. The, 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 the can't say the best at everything, but they certainly are the best at many things and especially in sport. Yeah. And that comes down to, you know, sports psychology. And mm. that comes to do with the mind. And the mm. mind, as we've just said, is one yeah. of the biggest things ever. A lot of them, when they go out, they go out to win, they intend to win, they believe they can win, yeah. and then they often do. And yeah. that obviously still goes with diet, nutrition, training, everything else. But it's been in that mind space where you think, I'm going to win this, yeah. you know, not thinking, oh, well, I'm never going to win it because yeah. you well, won't. The British way, as you know, as you know, the, we like to queue up in an orderly fashion. If you push in, it's excuse me, you know, and we yeah. don't like to say things, you know. Um, the British way has been you know, the step up a lip. It's been great, you know. It's it's you know the conquered you know half the world, but uh, with that British you know bulldog attitude. But on the other, the flip side of the coin, um, you know, we, we've got this reserve about us, and it's. People in, in, in the UK and, and, and Great Britain, you know, people will say, like, you're rubbish, you, you can't do that, you'll fail. So you walk away thinking you're a failure. If somebody's pumping into you on a daily basis saying, Patrick, you're going to win this fight. Patrick, you've got this, but you need to do this, this and this, but you are going to win. Okay, you just see yourself passion, passing that finishing line. You are going to have your hand raised. You will be able that winner's trophy or that yeah. belt around your, your waist. This is how we're going to do it. So instantly your mind is on, your, your shoulders are back, you're sat upright, my coach believes I can win this. And that's that's the difference between winning, and I don't like to say losing, or say, we, we call it runner-up. It feels better than loser, yeah. you know, with a big L stamped on the forehead, you know, what people like to, you know. And again, Great Britain, the British people, the best in the world at building you up, will make you into the best, but will pull you down as fast as you got up there. And that's the there's, mindset I can't stand. There's, there's two things I'd say with that. One is 
visualising is very important. So when I was doing Ironman, I ran up and down the Bolton Town steps doing this like a Rocky moment in my training because I wanted Excellent. to visualise going over the finish line and that's where the finish line was. And, and so put yourself in that situation, experience the feelings, the sensations, the smells, the sights, and you'll be there, you yeah. know. Put yourself there in the mind and you'll go there in the body, they say. So you're saying about the fact that people can, you know, pick you up and pull you down, etc. And when somebody says you're going to do this, you can believe in yourself, you can do this and put your hand in the air. That is somebody programming you in a way. Now, I find that it, it's your environment's really important. Now, if you put yourself in a room with a hundred people and they're laughing, you'll start to laugh. If you put yourself in a war zone, even if you're not injured, but you see uh, you know, people injured and stuff, you'll be traumatised. So it's really important, this bubble you create around yourself, the people you surround yourself with, especially pre-fight, things like this. If you don't have that right mental attitude, those positive people who believe in you when you're going to approach a sporting event or something, if they don't believe in you and you get wind of that, you're not, you know, it's going to, you're going to pull your energy down, aren't they? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there are so many quotes, isn't there? You know, yeah. um, you, know you, you plan to win or you plan to fail. Why would you plan to fail? Hmm. Why would you even contemplate failure? Um, but you have to have that in the back of your mind because say, what if I do fail? What am I going to be like? What's, what will happen afterwards? Um, I don't, you know, people will say, what if, what if? And I say, what if you win the lottery? Mm. Exactly. It's the same what if. Exactly. It's the same two words. Why not? What if amazing rather than what yeah. if terrible? Yeah. What if, exactly. Which let's let's do what have. if amazing. If I said to you, you know, what if you're going to be able tomorrow? Or if I mm. said to you, what if you win the lottery tomorrow? Which sums up the best feeling, you know, to think, oh, my God, I can make, you know, it, again, it's, it's it's attitude, you know, and I, I, I it's all. It, yeah. Well, you I, use that. You use a positive attitude. You walk in, you smile. When you walk in, you have a presence and you can feel it when you come in. You know, you, you, you've definitely managed to project that positive attitude. And you must be able to do that with your students, obviously, as well. You know, that's, I mean, it's, it's not something that I don't take it for granted. It's only when no. people, I mean, people must obviously, like with yourself, they'll, they'll say like, you know, you've got a description of a person, haven't you? This person is like this, this person, you know, first impressions, whatever. Um, and I, I found the biggest, highest compliment when somebody said to me once, they went, um, Sandy, you know, you do, <laughs> you know, you, you walk into a room, like you said, and, you know, they know you're there. And I said, yeah, it's probably because they're daft haircut, you know, mm -hmm. you know, I, you know, stupid haircut and daft things. They went, no, he said, you just, you know, you do go into a room and you do, you have a positive, you've got a bright outlook in life. Yeah. And I, I thought that was a very, very high compliment. And, mm. you know, I'm very humbled, you know, that somebody would think that. And I, and the other one was, well, somebody had, had more of a, a rhetorical question, but they said, why is it you're always so happy? Why are you always so positive? What? And I just thought everybody was like, that. Mm. and obviously they're not. Yeah. But um, I think I just said positivity is a, it's, it's a way of life. Being happy is a choice. Mm. I just yeah. think they're both, and I think they're both the same. And I just, you know, if you wake up in the morning and you want, and you, you feel rubbish, and you can carry that rubbish feeling with you throughout the day. Exactly. If you yeah. wake up in the morning feeling miserable, you can carry on feeling miserable for the rest of the day. Mm. And I know there is, because there has been times when somebody will pee on your parade. Mm. There is times when you can wake up in the best mood ever and have a wonderful day, and then it could be just your partner, your wife, your, your husband, your kids, just a, a bit of road rage, and it can completely and utterly knock you off that block yeah. and send you, you know, the opposite way to how you was feeling. But again, it's it's how you deal with that. Can you, mm. can, you know, can you deal with it? Yeah, that's it's having the bit. skills to put yourself back on. There's a there's a woman who uh, was the instigator of the law of attraction before the book The Secret, Great and book. yeah, 
And she is called, I've got tattoos all over my back. They're all quotes from The Secret, completely covered in tattoos. And she's called Esther Hicks, this lady. And she always talks about getting on your high-flying disc. And you can fall off it and it's putting yourself back on this disc all the time. And when you're on that high-flying disc, what you do is you're going out and you're giving this positive energy to everybody you meet as well. And you're lifting the global consciousness just by, you know, you're, you're spreading this energy. So you, you're actually, if you really care about the people that you meet and your family and your friends, it's your duty to get this right, do a bit of inner work and start giving out that peace and love, you know. That's yeah, brilliant. Number oh, one but, priority. Uh, fantastic. I, I, you know, we've got a lot in common and I've... I think mean, you're, I mean, everybody's duty, but, yes. you know. Yeah, I just think well, I said, lead, let's go back to that, yeah. leaders and followers. You know, we need them both. And if you've got, I always refer to us as human being, and it's a very, very simplistic approach, what I call it. Think of a plug, I think of a socket. Okay, they're yeah. in every household, they're in every business, they're in here, they're in... They're everywhere. We keep the, the, the world running with the our energy. You need a socket to put the plug into. Yeah. Okay. So we are plugs and sockets. I feel like I'm, I am an energy, like yourself, I believe. And this is, and again, I'm not, I've, I've, no one likes arrogance. No one likes mm -hmm. big heads. And mm -hmm. I, I hope people don't think I'm arrogant or a big head when I, when I say this. But I, I do believe that I'm an energy giver. I believe that I am mm. a socket. Mm. And I believe that people plug into me. Yeah. But. Like I said before, I am still, I need to have inspiration, mm -hmm. little people around me and positive energy people to get my, so I then become a plug and I plug into you yeah. and I'll take your energy. Exactly. I don't mean like, give me all your no, energy. No, no, I don't, no, I don't no, mean in, no, a, no, in, a, no. in a But I give it freely way. and I'm saying, have some of this. Because your plug socket is ready yeah. there and open to say, you know, yeah. please can I charge, can I charge my phone? Uh, think of it like that. Just you, you charge your phone, don't you? So I charge yourself as a human being. And I, yeah, I think that exactly. you've got to be one of, you know, you've, you, we all need a bit of that. I learn how to self-generate energy internally so that I have an abundance of it to give to other people. And the way I've learned to do that is by following my passion, my inspiration. When I'm passionate about something, if there's something I love and I know it makes me feel good, I try and make sure I do that even if it's a small period of time, but every day I do something I love that makes me feel good. And then I'm in this state of grace, this, I'm blissful, and then I give it to everybody else. So it's learning how to self-generate, find the things that help you charge yourself and giving it to everybody. The other people, the energy vampires, the bullies that go and they squeeze it out of you. And I, if I'm in the room with somebody and I feel that, I've become aware of energy because I've done a lot of meditation and been on retreats and things. I became quite aware of what we talked about before the show is I'm very careful now about who I associate with, who I let into my bubble because I don't want any drama. I don't want any stress. I don't want any problems. And life will bring problems to you, but you can either address it and if you can't, you move away from it. That's, yeah. that's I think it. it's that simple. It really you don't is, resist yeah. it. This. Yeah. In order for there to be conflict, there has to be two sides. Refuse to be one of them. It's that simple. You either try and reshape something, help somebody as best you can, or, or solve a problem. And if you can't, retract. Yeah, just, just get out of the situation. Absolutely. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of things that you're saying are, really are resonating with mm. the way I feel. And you know, I, I hope I, you read my books, Andy, because a yeah. lot of this is in my book. And oh, right. it's, it, it's, there's chapters just about this, you know. You know, the, you know, again, it's other people's course, but, you know, the, you, you know, the, the bubble thing that you just said there, you know, I've always said it, um, you know, you, you keep your circle tight you just yeah. have people in that circle that you want. And I've always said this, you know, it's just somebody put it on. I mean, Facebook's a, a massive thing and, you know, people fall out on there and people make friends on there. Um, and I think 
you know, social media is a double-edged sword, you know, especially with Facebook. You see people falling out over there. But, but a big thing that I've always said to a lot of people is that there's no tone in text. I'll say I'll say the same sentence to you three times. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to swear because I don't swear in public. Yeah. But if, for example, just on a on a, a text message, yeah, and I put, um, for example, let's think of something just off the top of my head. Um, I hate you. Mm-hmm. Now listen to my tone. I hate you for that. For that, you know, you you've, you know, you've just done something I I wanted to do. But I just just pick on the first three words. I hate yeah. you. Okay. And then I say it again. I hate you. Mm. And then I go, I hate you. Mm-hmm. I've said yeah. it three times. It's the energy behind it, not the words, isn't it? Yeah. It's now, how you, you project can hear it. those because I've got yeah. different volume levels. The yeah. first one was, I'm, I'm laughing when I'm saying it. Mm. You've just done an ultra. I hate mm. you for that. Mm. I've never, I'm, I don't know if I could do that. I've, I've always wanted to do one of those. That's just, I'm smiling. You're smiling. Mm-hmm. The second one, I hate you. That's where you'll go. Hmm. That's not head a nice, cock a little bit. Not, what, not nice frequency. What, what, what yeah, do you mean? What do you mean? What, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? And this is where Facebook clicks in. This is where people then go, "What's he saying? What's she saying?" And then I hate you. Hmm. It's like somebody's coming at you with a knife. Hmm. They could stab you with that with that voice. And there's no tone in text. Yeah. So. This is with a with a text. There's no human element, and it can be completely misinterpreted. And it's happened with text because you don't know the sentiment and the emotion behind it. All you're getting is three words that could mean anything. You can say thank you. You can say it a hundred different ways, and it can mean something different every time. So, like you say, the text doesn't have that human element, yeah. does it? Communication is king. Yeah, I really believe that. Um, confidence is king. I've got certain words that I've, I've, I, you know, call them the king of words. Mm. And you know, you said before about uh, keeping your circle close. I've mm. learned that because I've had uh, so many things I want to talk about. You've got, you've hit so many. So, <laughs> the light bulbs are going off in my head. I, I know. I have to keep making notes because I can't remember all the things as you say something. <gasps> I know. Uh, yeah. Just incredible. Mm. Um, it, just this again, another Sandyisms. Um, there's energy takers. Energy givers, sap, S-A-P, or zap, mm-hmm. zap, boom, you've just given me some energy, sap, somebody's drained mm. you as they walk into a room, can't you feel that? Yeah, oh, I know somebody, I can spend energy an hour drop. with them, and as much as they're a beautiful person, and I care about them, and I love them, after an hour, I've totally depleted, and drained. I need to create space, yeah, it sucks the life yeah. out of me, and, and they have such a low energy, that it, it's, yeah. oh, it drains you, I know other people, that if I ain't feeling good, I can speak to them, and within 30 minutes, I feel fantastic yeah. again. You know, they've yeah. lifted my energy. You're, you're walking two feet off the floor. And, yeah. you know, this, again, another Sandyism. Sorry, I keep throwing these in there. I say to my students all the time, because when I teach a Thai boxing class, this is something that I've been accused of. There's a downside and an upside. Is when the class finishes, a lot of people just look at the clock and want to go home. Mm-hmm. But I do what's called a, 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 sand, a Sandy Springer's final thoughts. And I talk to my students at the end and before they go home to let them know that really what martial arts are about and what my philosophy of say to people, look, don't misuse your art, use it for the good. We are able, we've got two arms, two legs. If you can help an old lady across the road, if you can do one good deed a day, whether it's yeah. saying something nice to someone, whether it's opening a door for somebody, whether it's just being, just, you know, picking somebody's shop, shopping up, whatever, one small happy good deed a day makes you feel, it's good karma. Yeah. And, you know, it's far better for you to do that than do a negative thing to someone or hurt somebody. So I'll have this little speech at the end of my class, talk to people, and you'll see, say there's 20 people sat on my mat, cross-legged, yeah, I said, right, relax and breathe. And right, okay, now listen, you know, blah, 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 blah. Just some of the things I've just said there. And you'll see a couple of them turn around and look at the clock. 
they just want to go home and see the kids, the wife, the husband, or just go home and have a cup of tea or, you know, yep. go and get something to eat. They're not interested. They just want to come and kick and punch your bag and go home, which is fine, which is fine. But there's, there's a small percentage that will listen to me and take on board, <clears throat> excuse me, what I say. And so the physical and the mental come together. And just a, an example of this was um, just well, it was last year, I was at the traffic lights and there's a guy staring at me in the car and I'm looking and people stare anyway because I've got the cars you said. It's not, it's not, like, it's not, it doesn't really blend in, the does not, it? The noddy car, can so, I go? Yeah, well, <laughs> and, um, you know, they're looking at the daft or whatever. And I just looked over, but I always smile. I don't look yeah. back at people and go, what are you staring at? Where's that come from? you're looking at someone you're looking for a reason we've got two eyes they face forwards they don't turn backwards we don't look at ourselves unless you're looking into a mirror yeah. so our eyes face that way so i just caught this guy's eyes and he looked at me and then he wound his window down and said hiya and i went hi and he went hi sandy and i went i said hiya i said hey, do you know my name he said and he's looking at me because you won't remember me he says and he told me his name and i, I looked at him and I went, oh my god i do remember you and i said how are you and it was an Asian gentleman, yeah. taxi driver. Yeah. And he said to me, I trained with you for about six or seven years, Sandy. And um, do you know what? He said, that's 25 years ago. He says, and I still adopt your philosophy now and your training. I went, I was just, I was, I was mouth opened. And I said, yeah. why? He says, well, I've got two kids. He says, one does boxing, one does martial arts. I'm sorry I can't bring them to yours. We're a little bit further out now. He said, but I still do press-ups and sit-ups and squats every day. I do a bit of yeah. stretching. He says, and in my mind, I believe that I can do things. He said, and um, I've got a job. He said, I'll be a taxi driver. I said, it doesn't matter what you do. You're no. working. He said, I provide for my children. He said, I've got a good relationship with my wife. He says, and I was in a bad place when I met you. He said, I was drinking. I was smoking. He said, I was, I took, you know, he said, I don't like to admit, but I was taking a couple of drugs. Yeah. He said, and if it weren't for you and Thai boxing and your philosophy and the way it was, I wouldn't be sat talking to you now. And all that was said at a traffic light within about 60 seconds. And I was like, and I said, and I just bowed to him and he bowed to me and I said, thank you, you've just made my day. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I was like, hers was stood up on the back of my neck. Yeah. And I was sat there with my mouth open, driving to the next destination. What just happened there? Mm. And I was like, he gives you so a, humbled. A, a bolt of lightning, a positive energy back those seven years in a nutshell and saying, you know, you, you changed my life. I, and it, but it's not ego. I'm not, I'm not no. going, oh, well done, Sandy. No, no I was no. like, you don't realize that who, who, whose lives that you're changing for, yeah. the, for the benefit or also for the negative. You could, you could have hurt somebody in your life and caused so much pain. That could have been a different conversation. That could have been, you were an arrogant yeah. CWA at the last, and you don't yeah. get out of the car, I want to punch you. You know, you don't know. All right. Again, something very similar, Sandy, in the book. It's as, uh, lots of the things in the book you, you are basically, these are your philosophies, I think. But I say that if you ha feel something good inside, share it. Tell somebody. If you see somebody walk past them and they, she, you see a lady and she's got a nice dress and she looks beautiful. And I do this with complete strangers. I walk up and say, I just wanted to tell you, you probably never see me again, but you look beautiful. And I walk away. My missus doesn't like it very much, but I do, I do give out this positive energy. And it can be a bloke as well. I've seen some yeah. really dapper. Yeah. And I, in the book, say that you can change the course of somebody's life with that one comment. Now, you might think, how is that possible? That day, that person gets on a buzz and they feel good. They've just been told they look great. So they're feeling good. They're shining. Somebody on the buzz who's always wanted to ask them um, on a date, didn't have the courage. And because they're feeling good, they say, would you like to go for a drink? Maybe they're going for a job interview. And that day, because they're feeling good, because they're confident, because you've given this good energy and you've given this little injection of positive energy, these nice comments, they go for the job interview, they're shining and they get the job. Yeah, radiate. It, mm -hmm. What you give out to other people, yeah. 
you know, can can change the course of their day and hence change the course of their life. Absolutely. So if you have this nice little pocket of energy in here, some, you think that something nice about somebody, a nice comment or somebody's done something nice for you, by God, share it. Don't keep yeah. it inside. Yeah, absolutely. Pay forward. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm a great believer of that. And, you know, I've had people come up to me and... Uh, I've had so many people have said, you know, obviously the comments usually about my hair because I've usually got mad crazy daft things in the back of my head. I haven't at the yeah. moment, but I've had oosh in the back of my head. Yeah. I've had um, I've had a pair of boxing gloves in the back of my head. I've had uh, just I've, I've had a question mark, which yeah. obviously gets lots I, of questions. I, I've just, queued up in Aston. There's thirty people in the queue, and you'll be like tenth in the queue, and I'll look from the back, and I won't know any of them. But I got oh, there's Sunday because <laughs> they can see in the, the back of your head. head. Yeah, yeah. something stupid in the back of your head. But, <laughs> yeah, just you know, because I don't. It's not an ego thing. This is what I want no, to say to people. It's, it's fun, not Sunday. ego. It's fun. It's just fun. Life's meant to Thank be fun. You. It's meant to be you know, fun. And I've, you know, I've had people go, you know, you can just tell again, you know, with the tone, people go, mm. what, what's that in the back of your head? Mm. And I'm going, um, I say it's just a bit of fun, just mm. some fun. And they go, well, I've got your ear like that. And I just went, and I, <laughs> no, this is uh, no pun intended. They, um, I've had a couple of people come up to me, people like in my generation, I've gone like, when are you going to grow up? And I say, I'm not growing up. Never. I'm, gr I'm growing down. Never. I'm yeah. growing down, not up. I said, I'm actually younger now than I was last year. Yeah. And look, and it's usually people are either receding, mm. bald, okay, or got very little hair. And I've and and as a way of dealing with things, you don't fight fire with fire. You fight fire with water. Exactly. And I've said to people, rather than get me back up a bit to them and start, you know, squaring up and then, you know, having fisticuffs, which you don't want to be doing at our stage in life. Um, it's the last resort. If you have to do, then yeah, but no. Um, <clears throat> I've just said to them, have you got air envy? Hmm. And I laugh while I'm saying it and they'll go, and they'll like walk off in a salt, but it's funny. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know, or I'll just come up with, I'll just come up with joke. But I use the first thing to me is I'll take the mick out of myself. I said, listen, I've got to look at this every day. Yeah. I said, I know I look stupid. I said, but am I bothered? Do I look bothered that I'm a, that I look like this? If I, I did, I'd shave it off. <laughs> I tell people, and it's it's written in the book as well, that um, your primary purpose, your primary goal, why you're on this planet, in this realm, in this space suit we call a body for a brief time, because we're spiritual beings having a human experience, your primary purpose is to is to experience joy and bliss. Number one. Now that's not a selfish pursuit. It means that. You need to follow your passions. You need to express yourself. You need to do what you love and surround yourself with the people you love. And when you do that, you then emit this positive energy and give it out to the rest of the world. If you're, it's not selfish to put yourself first so that only when your cup is overflowing can you help everybody else. And you're meant to have fun. Life is meant Life to is be blissful. It is, yeah. It's a blissful journey. Yeah. You know, it's not meant to be serious. It's not meant to be stressful. Those are negative consequences of overthinking and not having this processing unit working correctly i just want to pick you up on a point there uh, patrick is is something that you said it's about not selfish there is no word in the english language or dictionary that actually says to be selfish but, but while being selfless because you know you you you, you go and you put that you bought that t-shirt i bought this t-shirt you know we have a choice um, you go out, you buy clothes, you go out and buy, you know, whatever colour of car, you put whatever colour of wallpaper on your wall or your paint. Um, it's a choice. Life's yeah. about choices. That's one of my, one of my sayings. Um, or as the other one is Oli, O-L-L-I, which is one life, live it. Um, and how can you be wanting something for yourself without being selfish? There's no word to describe it. I'm not a selfish person. You're not. I give more than I, than, than I take because I, I just believe that, you know, I, it's not about what can you give me. 
It's about what can I give you? I, yeah. I want to give you my energy. I want to give you my knowledge. I want to give you my help. You receive by giving, as the saying is, and it's true. You get so much from, just like you said with that mm -hmm. lady, I do the same thing. I've got somebody, I say, oh, I'll, I'll say, like, say to guys or girls, it doesn't matter to me. No, I, go, no. I like your shoes, that they're smart. I really like your hair, or you know, I like your, your I love your jacket. Where do you get that yeah. from? And you instigate and start in this yeah. exchange of positive energy. And two people can lift each other up or bring each other down. And if you start the positive energy flow, and before you know it, you're both feeling good. If you hear one negative comment, somebody says, Well, and, and they respond and match that frequency, then you're on a downward spiral. So it's about being the pioneer again. Make that first exchange. Yeah. Give that free positive energy out. Yeah. You'll get it back. And before you know it, mm. we're, we're all shining. Everyone, you know? yeah, it's, yeah, it's sharing that. I mean, you know, just the word karma, people... Karma is a word, again, which can be used as a negative as a, and a positive, but you can't have one without the other. I've always said this. You can't have... You cannot have day without darkness. No. You can't have night without day and day without night. One follows the next. You need it's the balance of life. You know, the yin and yang. So with, you know, with people's karma, again, it's a thing that people say, oh, it's karma that, you know, they've robbed that old lady's house, that karma will get them back and bite them in the bum. So they see that karma as being a sword to cut someone with and chop the legs down, for example. Um, but they forget the, the good karma. And I try and talk about the good karma as well, because I do believe in the bad karma. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I just, I, you know, my mum's philosophy, for example, it matches Master Sken's philosophy. He's Buddhist. Okay. And Grandmaster Sken is my, my Muay Thai teacher, as we yeah. mentioned earlier. And I spent 21 years studying underneath him, training with him solidly for all those 21 years. Still my teacher now. I look up to him. I speak to him on a regular basis. And his philosophy was always that in Buddhism was, you know, you do good and good will return. Yeah. And my mum said, weirdly, my mum taught me this when I was a, a, a kid, as a child. She taught me honesty. She taught me manners. And she taught me karma. But it wasn't called karma. People didn't know that word then. You know, it's only yeah. something that's sort of been thrown around in the last couple of decades. But, um, And my mum's philosophy was, she used to say to me, Sandy, if you do bad, okay, something bad will happen to you. If you do good, good things will happen to you. And she yeah. taught, she instilled that in me. And then weirdly... In my, in my early teens, I bumped into Master Sken, my, my Muay Thai teacher, after you know after karate and jiu-jitsu. It led me to him. And he taught this same philosophy. And I was like, well, my mum says that. Master Sken says that. My, my dad as yeah, well, obviously. Yeah. But my, my mum was the one who, you know, you spend more time with your mother. And, she, you know, she brought me up in that way of, of understanding. And basically, that's karma, is that you do good, good will return. It's a good feeling to have. And a lot of people, unfortunately, because they, they're a little bit shallow way of thinking, will see us, they do something good, like, I'll give you £100, right, now where's my return? Yeah, you know, that's yeah. not what, that doesn't resemble karma at all. No. Um, you know, just because you've done something now doesn't mean you're going to get something back now. Mm. You know, when you send it out to the universe, it takes a while for it to come back. You know, yeah. it's a long way. You know, yeah. you, you have to, it doesn't matter if it comes back next year. It doesn't matter if it comes back in 10 years. But I don't do it for that reason. No. If it never comes back, it doesn't matter because I felt good giving it. <laughs> Exactly. Universal energy is meant to flow through you. And that means whatever you have, you give it out and you receive it. And Feng Shui is basically, it's all about that your external world is a reflection of your internal world. And how you feel here is what you're going to see. You know, it's about how you react and your thoughts about the external world. For example, I talk a lot about, you have two people on top of a cliff. One person is looking at the view and they're in ecstasy. 
The other person is holding onto the grass and the skirt of heights. Now they're having the same external experience. They're experiencing the same thing in the same environment. One's in heaven, one's in hell. And the difference is the thought process and it's not the external world that's responsible for your inner emotional state. It's your reaction to it and that's your thought process. So in order to, the energy you give out, if you give out good energy all the time, it's got to come back to you, you know, without intending it. So letting life flow through you, it's learning how to let go and give without expecting to receive. And then you receive in abundance. It'll just come to you. You know, all good things will come to you. Yeah. Sandy, I'm going to bring us back on to, we've got a lot of topics I want to talk about. And I think we're on topic two. <laughs> so, we've got a, so we've got a lot to do. <laughs> yeah. Thank you.